What is going on, everybody? Scott Ogan coming at you here. We are going over the U.S. Open that just finished about little about an hour ago at uh, Brookline, the country club. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that going forward. So really, really fun tournament, really exciting tournament. And uh, a couple of notes, I think, that are going to come out of it. And uh, hopefully good things, I think, that'll come out of it as we go. But uh, yeah, really, uh, really, really, really exciting stuff. So the first thing we got to start with, obviously, is our champion, Matthew Fitzpatrick. Uh, he takes home the title, finishes one shot ahead of Scotty Scheffler, Will Zalatoris. Um, and, you know, really kind of he took it to the golf course. He shoots 368s has a 70, you know, the one of the got to be one of the few guys. Zalatoris is one, too. Um, but one of the few guys, those two guys probably got to be few guys that didn't shoot over par at all um, in the rounds. They got to be the only two as you go through. And that is really impressive. Yeah. The only other guy I'm seeing is uh, Keegan Bradley actually had one round of one over. And so did Seamus power one round of one over. Um, so that's a great event. If you're playing at the U S open to be able to get four rounds at even par or better. So, you know, hats off, uh, even Scotty Scheffler had one round at 71, but he also had two 67s in there, which, uh, were spectacular. I think, uh, the low round of the tournament goes to Hideki at the 65 that he shot today. You know, let's talk a little bit about what we saw going down the stretch. I mean, I, I think a couple of things that I would start with is we had uh, some really, really good shot making. Uh, if you follow me on Instagram, you would have saw two of my picks to start the week were to win were Fitzpatrick and Zalatoris. Um, you know, getting decent odds. I think Fitzpatrick was plus 2,500, 20 set plus 2,700 for Zalatoris. And those guys are ball strikers. This golf course was not overly long, although it had some moments where it played long. And when you have the wind and everything, it definitely played long. But uh, it's a golf course, you know, when those types of things happen, the golf course plays long for everybody. I mean, when Rom and Rory are not getting the ball, you know, are not getting the ball to the green on certain holes and certain shots because the wind's just crushing it. You know, that's that's something where that golf course just is long no matter who you are. It's not like a 7,800 yard layout like they do at like Whistling Straits or Torrey where, you know, the long hitters definitely have an advantage because they're just, they, they can take off some of the trouble, things like that. In these scenarios, it's just long. It's long in a difficult golf course. So really was uh, an awesome sight to see, but uh, you know, the biggest thing I, I would say is it was ball striking, right? It was a ball striking paradise. Matt Fitzpatrick hit 17 greens in the final round. Not not hitting it super close, but being on the green is definitely better than being in the rough. Um, this is one of those cases where kind of traditional analytics go out the window where on the PGA Tour, you know, when the courses aren't as difficult, you would say, hey, we are 
you know, sometimes it's better to be closer to the hole, but chipping than be 50 feet away on the green. I, I don't really think that's the case when you get to a U.S. Open setup and the way the, the these golf courses are set up as we go. Um, you know, so that's really, really cool to see. It's actually something, you know, the other thing about this place is it's one of the early, the top or the first five, is that what they call it? The first five with the USGA. I'm actually playing at another one tomorrow uh, that I'm excited about. So actually taking some of the notes that I saw of how to play this old style of golf course um, and going to be using that, you know, playing to openings, playing to the fatter parts of the green, and then you have to rely on your putter and uh, let that do some work as you go through it. So, you know, definitely a ball strikers course. Got to keep it in play. Got to get it up there. And then, you know, you don't have to make a ton of putts. It's more about just can you take advantage of the certain opportunities you get, make a couple shorties, um, but then don't three putt, you know, and that's where Matt Fitzpatrick almost lost it. He had uh, two three putts there. Uh, he had the one at the sixth hole. He had the one at the 11th hole. Those hurt. He missed a uh, you have the most makeable putt on the 10th His only miss green, but uh, he missed it. And that, you know, it started to seem like, Hey, this might not go the other way. But then on the 13th hole, he made that bomb and that started changing things around. So uh, really, really fun to see, really excited to see. And I think that might open the floodgates for Matt, Matt Fitzpatrick first win here in the U S won the U S amateur at this course. Uh, he has won quite a bit over in Europe. So it's not like he's, you know, uh, somebody that's not used to winning, but just to get off that, you know, it's off his back on the U.S. Open side and the USA side of the the tour and everything. And uh, I bet you start seeing him do some good things because he's been in contention in the past and he's never really kind of closed it out. I also think Will Zalatoris, we're going to see this guy win something soon. Um, uh, he is too good of a ball striker. He has too good of an attitude. And I also think he is... He's a much better putter than we think. He was rolling it really well. Even the putty hit on 18 was phenomenal. But uh, it's, you know, one of those things where, you know, he seems like somebody that's going to always play good golf courses. He works with uh, a guy named Scott Fawcett. They do this thing called Decade, which is a course management software or, or not even software, a strategy system, I guess. And he's used it ever since he won the U.S. Junior long time ago and he is somebody that keeps doing that so i do think he has a lot better um i mean he's got good chances on all courses because he has good strategy and you adjust your strategy for what the course is but i definitely think he will always do very good he's going to be playing smart golf when he gets to these tougher golf courses and i think that's something you really need to do and he's bought into that um as we go so couple other names. I mean, Morikawa shot 66 today. That was awesome. And you think about it, if he could have just shot something like 72, um, you know, he's hoisting the trophy at that minus seven number. Um, you know, instead of shooting seven over, he shoots two over yesterday. But, uh, you know, not to be for him. I think uh, we'll see him come back. Another good ball striker. But, you know, somebody that, uh, you know, has just not been in form of late. So, that's one thing that you would look at with him as you're going through that. But the other thing then I would say for looking at uh, some names that are on the board, Rom surprisingly struggled a little bit today. Um, I thought he'd have a chance. 
to get it in there. Keegan Bradley, up and down day. I was really pulling for Joel Damon. I really like Joel Damon, kind of your everyday guy. Um, and then Nick Hardy was another one I was pulling for. He had it going early in the round, and then he kind of fell off. Uh, you know, an Illinois guy here. And uh would have been cool to see that happen. But overall, great tournament. It was a ton of fun to watch and a lot of good things that go along with the tournament. Now, uh, my favorite part of it was the golf course. This is one of the few times that the USGA is not the story at the U.S. Open. Um, I think this is one of their best setups. I think it helps that the golf course was just so pure, so perfect. You know, they, we, there's other golf courses they play like Oakmont that are really awesome and pure and perfect, but they've had some controversy there with the moving ball and stuff um, with DJ. But that wasn't as bad. That That's kind of something that might happen anywhere. But this is one of those events where there you, you really couldn't say anything about the golf course. I think the golf course played perfectly how they wanted to. They got good, you know, weather that helped them out. They didn't let it go away. You know, it was a little cooler. It was a little bit windy, but, you know, the horse never got completely out of hand. It was extremely playable. You had chances for birdies, but you had chances to, even on the short birdie holes, to mess things up. And I think these are the types of things when we look at golf courses, um, I think the golf course helps first off. It's a wonderful golf course, uh, unbelievable golf course. I also think when we start looking at things that go on with the U.S. Open or just, you know, like the USGA, like, hey, everybody hits it too far. The distance rollback. I, I don't think that's the case. I think that there's just poor course design nowadays. I think that uh, we don't need to make courses 7,800 yards. This course was 7,200 yards. Um and you had 111, 108 yard par threes that people are bogeying and double bogeying. Yeah, they're making birdies and stuff, but th- there's bad shots are hurt. Good shots are rewarded. Now, could you set up a course like this for the everyday public? You no, know, I wouldn't want to do that, nor should you. But you can get these courses that are difficult. They're fun. They're creative. They're imaginative. They're not super long. This one's built in the middle of a neighborhood. You don't need these massive properties and all this, you know, work to build them. And they can be tougher and you can make the scores and protect par a little bit better. So I think they did a fantastic job. I hope that's something that kind of goes forward into golf courses and design is that, hey, it's not distance that's hurting the game. It's you know, you need to take away guys ability to get up and down when they don't pull off a shot. You got to make it where they can't get up and down or it's very difficult. And you also just got to keep them on their toes. You got to keep them thinking. You got to keep them guessing at what's going on. That's another thing that you could do. So really, really good golf course, really cool course. I hope we see more of this. I remember seeing it in the 99 Ryder Cup and uh, remember seeing a little bit of it at the USAM that one year in 2013 where Fitzpatrick won actually. And uh, again, I hope it comes back in the future because it was a test and uh, it deserves another shot because it was uh, it was awesome. Now, the other thing that I think will come out of this is some other notes is the broadcasts, hopefully, Mike Wan tweeted about this, but the broadcast was terrible. It was awful. Um, not the announcers. Announcers were fine. Um, I thought they were okay. I like NBC's announcers and everything. 
the amount of commercials and the amount of breaks and and the amount of the thing I don't need is I don't need these fluff pieces like all the time. I, I get that. I get the stories. I feel like we get that leading up to it. If you're somebody that really cares about that stuff, we hear about it all week leading into the event. You know, that's where you got your, you know, live from the US Open coverage. You've got all that stuff. If you want to throw one or two in there, that's fine. But there's so many breaks from the golf. You know, I was watching on Saturday and I, I had to do a junior league match. So I had it recorded and I was coming back home and watching and catching up on what I had missed. And uh, you know, it's like I'm watching it and all of a sudden like there's only like four or five groups left on the course and Rory'd hit it, be hitting his third shot from the junk. And you're like, wait, how did he get there? Like he's hit two shots before he's gotten here. Like what happened? And he's up there near the lead. He's contending. And he's like one of 10 people on the course. I'm like, what, you know, that happens so much where it's like, wait, what happened? Where'd these guys come from? And, and what happened, um, you know, today in the final round, they, as they were starting it off and especially early on, you know, they would show like the leaderboard in the corner would change and you're like, Oh, Scheffler's leading. And then like two minutes later, you're like, okay, here's the shot. And it's like, wait, we already all know this, like what's going on. You know, it was just bad with that. Plus these playing throughs, they think that like replaces like, Hey, that's adequate substitute. Like, Hey, you can still watch golf while the commercial's going on. You still don't know what's going on and they have to explain it when you come back. It's just not good. And I know Mike Juan, who is the CEO of the USGA, um, he, talked about that. Um, he talked about it a little bit in a tweet saying, we're going to work on this for the future. We'll see what happens. I don't know what you can do because you sell these massive TV contracts. You know, I think the organizations get greedy by saying, all right, here's your massive TV contract. This is what you got to do to get, to be able to broadcast this event. Well, the only way they're going to make money, you know, any chance that's worth it for the network is they have to sell advertising. They have to sell the ads and they have to run those ads on the broadcast. So by them putting such a high price tag on these things, you're going to have to have a lot of commercials to make up for that. So I don't think that's going to change. I don't know what they're going to do, but, uh, you know. That's that's one of the things that when we look at the live, I think the live is going to have some effect in these kind of areas like broadcast, because when you watch their broadcast, that was the one thing I took away was like their broadcast was actually it had some little things they had to work on, but it was for the first time out. I was extremely impressed. They showed somebody did a count of all the shots in like an hour. It was like 23 to 66 on the live. They just go shot, shot, shot all they do. And there's no fluff. And it's just golf shots, golf shots, golf shots. Now they don't have the talent or anything. You're not watching shots by, you know, the great players in this U S open shows like, Hey, there's great players all over the place and none of them are playing on the live, but you know, that's something that's going to change the game. I think is, Hey, you need to do something better with, your coverage because you are making people really mad now the other thing though is will they actually do anything if people still watch you know what's the incentive for them to actually change things other than they just got to deal with some people being mad at them um you know that's something that's gonna that's gonna be what moves the needle for them as they go forward um but 
other than that, you know, really, really good job by the USGA. I am not a USGA fan. I've, I've mentioned that in the past. I, you know, for an organization that's meant to represent the game of golf here in America, and they do, they pretty much represent it worldwide along with the RNA. Um, you know, I can't think of people that are more out of touch with the average everyday golfer, um, you know, than the Blue Blazers, all these guys that belong at places like the Country Club or, you know, Shinnecock Hills or all these ultra super exclusive private clubs. And, you know, they don't know what the average mass golfer is is going through or what it's like to be them. But with that, got to give them credit. Really good job running this event. The, the course wasn't the story, which is what you want. Weather was the story, which they obviously can't control. So if they're if the course plays difficult, you want it to be like that. That's how the RNA usually does it. And they usually are really, really good at this. Um, USGA did a very, very good job here. Uh, they did a good job with the golf course and the routing and all that stuff. I do think it's interesting. I'm not sure how I feel about the composite courses and stuff. I always think that's interesting. But, uh, you know, you got to do what you got to do in that way. But, uh, you know. Really, really good stuff and excited to see what this does going forward for excitement with, you know, Matt Fitzpatrick, who plays on the PJ Tour, Scotty Scheffler, you know, having a great run going with a win and now a second. Wills Al Torres with two seconds. And uh, that's all really good stuff as we go. So last thing we'll talk about is just some bet recaps that uh, I had. So I post these over on Instagram, follow the real SHG. So we'll talk about what I had and uh, go from there. So I had a couple top 40 picks. Um, Fleetwood missed the cut. Connors, Corey Connors missed the cut. And I also had him for the low Canadian. So that was obviously not him. It was actually Adam Hadwin who played great finishing. He finished T7th. Um, So we had him. And then uh, I also had Keegan, who had really good odds, I thought, one minus 115. He finished T7, so that was good for him. And then I had Justin Rose, who finished T37. So both of those are winners, and he was at plus 125. And then uh, we go to the top 10, which this did not pan out. We had Kepka, who was shooting a high one today, 55th. We had uh, Cam Smith, who missed the cut. Um... Let's see who else we had. J2, who shot at like 77 today. So he's somewhere back there. Yeah, there he is. Finishing plus seven, T37. And Xander was just outside at T14. So he had a bad round yesterday that kind of got him. Uh, but then for the overall winners, I had, uh, you know, I had Fitz plus 2,500. So that obviously cashes. Kepka, I did take it plus 5,500. I thought that was just too good of odds for somebody that's, you know, he's kind of always just not played very good. And then all of a sudden he plays good in majors. Um, so I thought the odds were just too good there, but he really putted terribly and then he just didn't look very good. Wills Altors plus 2,700, you know, two kind of favorite ish type picks, um, but they were riding the hot hand. And then we had Lowry, uh, Shane Lowry at plus 3,000. I thought it was going to be a tough ball striking golf course. He missed the cut by. One, it's actually interesting when you look at the cut being cut at plus four, you know, somebody that was there that the way this weekend played, you know, could they have come out and shot a 67 uh, or a 67, you know, 67 on Saturday because they would have been out early. Um, You know, yeah, I think that would have been 
possible, right? Like that's that was possible. You had a couple 67s and 68s. That was that's what Will Zaltoris did. Um you know, and then that puts them right back in the game going into Sunday where, you know, if you do what Hideki does and shoot 65, you know, you're really putting pressure on people. So it was interesting where the, t- the cut line fell. Um, it was pretty bunched up leaderboard. So that cut line wasn't too far off the lead. But uh, yeah, so not a terrible week for the picks. Um, always nice when you get the winner right. And that always helps things out. And uh, usually you can do something with that. But uh, yeah, we got to work on those top tens because those weren't uh, those did not work out um, in that name. So there you go. Anyway, so love to hear your thoughts. If you want to leave comments down below, make sure you leave them and uh, make sure if you're not a subscriber to the channel or the podcast, make sure you uh, head over and do that. And we're going to have more with it. We've got coming up next week. We've got actually another live event coming up at uh, Pumpkin Ridge, which is another great course. You know, I, I talked about in that previous talked about that in a previous show um, with how that is um, the strength of the live tour, in my opinion, is the courses they're playing they are got some pretty good ones you know so we'll see bryson in his debut we should see patrick reed in his debut uh we're at the travelers next week so i know ricky's playing jordan spieth usually plays usually a fun one that these guys can light up coming off the u.s open then we're at the fifth major at the john deere classic the week after love it maybe we'll be there in person we'll see but uh yeah Looking really like it's going to be a great, uh, you know, summer leading up to the open and uh, seeing some great golf. So excited for that. So, again, would love to hear from you and make sure you click that subscribe button if you're not not a subscriber or a listener already. All right. So thanks, everybody, for tuning in and uh, we'll have a great week. You'll hear more about uh, Chicago golf playing there tomorrow. Can't wait to talk about it. So we'll see you then.